Hey now, from the time that cavemen could write on walls, people were telling stories. And stories are the most effective way to get your point across. Stories are the most effective way to persuade. And stories are the most effective way to connect with new people. But you're not doing it right. And neither am I. I mean, we're doing it and it works because people are people. But today, you're going to learn why you should tell stories. You're going to learn how to tell stories and you're going to learn the role that stories should play in your business. I've got the exact expert to teach us all of this. His name is Carl Ponto and he's going to join us right now on the Inside BS Show. Carl, thanks for joining us today. I can't wait to learn about the power of stories. I'm really glad you're here. How did you become the guy who helps people tell better stories? Thanks for having me. I actually have a story about why I started my company that will answer that question and more. Can I tell you that yeah, story? Yeah, that's perfect. Tell us the story. All right, cool. So uh, I've been an artist my entire life. I grew up drawing, painting, sculpting, big Legos kid. And I got my passion for storytelling from my dad. He's a really good storyteller. And I knew I wanted to study animation when I saw the first Toy Story film. I was like, ooh, that, I got to do that. That's so cool. And then beginning of 2002, I started to feel like something wasn't quite right with me physically. I've been a competitive swimmer my whole life, so I knew what I was supposed to feel like. And it wasn't like, oh, my shoulder kind of hurts. It's like a general blah feeling. But by August, they still hadn't figured out what was wrong with me, and I had lost 50 pounds and sunken cheeks and eyes. I was really pale. Started to get really bad headaches. So my parents took me for an MRI up in Walnut Creek. And we were waiting around for another appointment when my pediatrician called and said he's going to drive up from Pleasanton to come talk with us. And we saw him walk up with this big envelope in his hands. You could tell he'd been crying. And he brought us into a little side meeting room. I remember I was sitting knee to knee with him in this big U-shaped chair with really high armrests kind of leaning forward towards him when he pulled out the results of the MRI and showed me I had two brain tumors. Wow. And it felt like I got punched in the chest. I actually moved backwards in my chair, and for the next two weeks, everything sounded like the adults from Peanuts, kind of wop, 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 because never had the flu, never broken any major bones, never been stung by a bee. I'm pretty sure I've never been bitten by a mosquito. So to get brain tumor diagnosis at 15 years old was a complete sucker punch out of nowhere. Mm. But I got so much help from friends and family, and my high school adjusted my schedule and got me a tutor so I could still graduate on time, and... People I barely knew were giving food and gifts and other support. So it really inspired me to want to give back and help as many people as I could because I'd probably be dead if it wasn't for all the help that I got. And then in undergraduate schools, I was studying animation. There was a big student digital art and design competition I participated in with this big screening at the end of like a thousand people in this big auditorium. And there were maybe 10 people in the room. But when everyone laughed at the joke of my animation, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. And connect with people and have a bigger impact with animation and storytelling. So after grad school, I started my company, and we tell exceptional stories for exceptional impact, empowering tech, biotech, healthcare, and professional services companies to increase their revenue and profits by attracting more of their best clients using storytelling and animation. No matter whether business is B2C or B2B or even B2G, they're all really H2H, which is human to human, and humans tell stories. And so by helping those sort of companies, more people in the world to get their lives improved, our clients' businesses better, we get a happy client, everyone wins. It's a way for me to have a bigger positive impact on the world around me, and that's why I do what I do. That's great. So, Carl, with that story, so you 
those those brain tumors what was the what was the diagnosis and obviously you yeah. see you seem fine i mean i this is the third time <laughs> i've talked to you you seem great um tell yeah. us tell us what what was the final resolution with that yeah. and then we can talk more about stories and it's time once again for our Sandrowski Business Minute. And here with our Business Minute today is John Alfonsi. So, John, what type of valuation do I need to form a limited partnership? It's uh, from a formation of a limited partnership or any kind of a partnership. If you're contributing assets, typically for all IRS purposes, the standard of value is fair market value. So you would want to determine the fair market value of whatever the assets that's being contributed, whether it be an interest in a business or particular business assets, if it's privately held stock, if it's publicly traded stock, it makes it a little bit easier. But the beauty of a, any sort of a partnership is that partners have adverse interests. What's good for me is bad for you and vice versa. So a lot of times a formal valuation may not be necessary because the partners can otherwise agree what the value of those assets are with the idea that, again, if partners have adverse interests, it's a third party or negotiated value that should be respected. Generally, the IRS will respect the valuations that are otherwise provided for in that LP agreement. But many times, if you can't agree, then you're going to need the help of a valuation professional to determine what is the value of that asset and determine what everybody is bringing to the table. All right, John. So if I need help or if anyone listening needs help with a valuation, how can we reach you? You can reach us at our toll-free number, 866-717-1607, or directly contact us through our webpage or directly to me, jta at sensel.com. That's C-E-N-D-S-E-L.com. All right, that's our Sandrowski Business Minute for today. Remember, folks, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, they are a CPA firm with a different perspective. Sure. Yeah, so it's... um. Basically, my pediatrician said, don't go to other appointment in Walnut Creek. Drive up to Sacramento. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Um, and the following morning, I had a seven-hour biopsy surgery and was in the ICU for two weeks. Towards the end of the stay, a doctor came in with the results and he said, you got the good type of cancer. And I was like, what? Uh, but now I realize in the grand scheme of things, it could have been a lot worse. Uh, if you had to pick a type of brain tumor to get, you'd probably pick mine because it was very treatable. Uh, it's not coming back. It's not even a remission thing. It's just gone. So you couldn't remove either of them. So I had four rounds of chemo and 20 days of radiation and started 2003 done with treatment. So uh, it's one of the things where I wouldn't want to go through it again. I wouldn't wish on, any, on anyone else, but I can't imagine not having gone through because it made me such a better person to give me the drive and resilience and uh, motivation to do, to do what I'm doing now. So weird combination of worst and best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, that is. All right. So your the name of your company is Squash and Stretch, right? Squash and Stretch. Yeah. Um, talk about how you how you came up with that name and who your ideal clients are. Who do you work with at Squash and Stretch? Sure. So it's actually an homage to Disney uh, when he was starting the company that is now Walt Disney Studios, which is actually his second animation studio. His first company failed, which I think is a testament to not giving up for all the entrepreneurs out there. Um, but back then, there wasn't really a best practices for animation that had been established. So if you look at work from around that time, it's pretty bad by today's standards. So he sat down with his animation team, and they came up with 12 animation principles that if their work is going to be considered good and completed, done, it have these 12 aspects to it. And the first on that list is squash and stretch. So if you take any animation one-on-one course today, first thing you learn day one are these same 12 principles. 
The tools have changed a lot, but basically what makes animation work is same based on these same 12 ideas that Disney and his team came up with all those years ago. So it's a little tip of the hat to all the to the giants whose shoulders all the animation uh, people in the world stand on because they figured out how to make it work. And it's something that I love animation and storytelling so much because it's a great way to take complex abstract ideas, make them clear and concise and easy for people to understand, which is one of my specialties. So oftentimes we work with companies like startups in tech, biotech, healthcare, like I said, or small businesses, um, like, uh, you know, like insurance, uh, financial, legal, um, accounting, where they do, they're very specialized in what they do. They know a lot about it, but they're often working with people who have no idea how it works, understand it. So being able to explain not just uh, what they do, but why they do it, how they do it, the real value of what they offer, and clarify things uh, in, that are otherwise really hard for people to understand is how we help people and it leads to more business no that's terrific so let's talk about a new client engagement for you and how you would start right so give us give us kind of a case study tell us uh give us uh, an example without you revealing any confidences uh you know client uh, give us an example of a client who's just come to you recently and how you're helping them sure so i was uh approached by um, an immigration attorney in the bay area uh she's awesome at what she does and, but she felt like she was very shy, had trouble. Uh, she was trying to basically connect with her clients by telling her story, why she does what she does. And she didn't feel like her story would be able to uh, build that sort of trust between her and her network because it's such a different story than what most people are used to. Her childhood was very uh, tumultuous. So we moved around a lot and, and a very harrowing story. Um, but we realized after the little the session we uh, the first session we worked together with uh, together, but talking about what she went through, um, we realized the theme of her uh, life and what she does is basically helping people through uncertain times in their lives. And if anyone has immigrated or uh, come to a different country, they know there's a lot of uncertainty, especially the last few years with uh, the administrations and all the different changes with immigration laws. It's a super uncertain period of time for anyone, anyone in that uh, trying to get into the country, and so we we by working together, she telling her, she telling me my story, and me working with her through the coaching, realized that her whole childhood is about overcoming uncertainty in her in her life, and so sure, she's an expert at that because that's her entire experience was like growing up, and so she realized she has this story that is. Not just going to be some of the people, oh, you're not like me, but you're just going to be perfect for her to tell to her clients, potential clients, because they're going to know, oh my gosh, you totally get how to get through uncertain periods, and I'm going through an uncertain period. I got to work with you, not just any other immigration attorney. So um, that's one that is in the beginning stages. I'm really excited to work some more with her because she has, she's amazing what she does, and just, she doesn't have the confidence to really share it story. But when we work through it and she realizes, oh my gosh, there's this super valuable message I can share. Um, that little aha moment in, the, in that just in that first session was uh, one of the reasons why I love what, doing what I do because when I see people like it clicks from they go from looking at the camera to looking past the camera and like you see the wheels turning in their head like oh my gosh there's all these possibilities now uh, that just makes me a little happy dance in my chair. That's great. We're speaking with Carl <laughs> Ponto. He's the uh, the owner and founder of Squash and Stretch. You can find out more about his business at squashandstretch.net or you can give him a call at 925-386-2274, 925-386-2274. So 
Carl, what are the elements that just that make up a good story? You just gave us a great example. What are what are the things that need to be part of a story in order for it to make an emotional connection with the person who's seeing it or hearing it? It's a great question. It's something that uh, I, I re- recommend my clients do that I think most people kind of get this backwards is when you're starting, to, before you tell any story, before you even think about what should go in the story, you want to start first with the end in mind. What's the result you want the story to have? Because you want to know what you're aiming at. Once you're going to know what the result you want is, then you step backwards to who's my audience. And you really need to empathize with your audience and understand what they care about and what's going to resonate with them and what they're feeling at the moment when they hear your story. And so once you know those two things, then you step back one more and think, okay, what do I need to say? How do I need to craft the story to resonate with my the right audience at the right way to get the result I want? And so if you're saying, if you already kind of know the result of the audience, but actually build the right story, the first thing I think, I think of is what's going to hook their attention because people are so distracted and easy and have very short attention spans. Um, and so you need your, your content to grab them really quickly. And so uh, knowing how to f- like format the right sort of headlines and enter to the story. And depending on what sort of story you're telling, uh, depending on like the story arch- architecture you're using, there's different ways to uh, begin the story. If you're doing something that's like a, a case story about like a, a successful client engagement you had, you would basically want to start with the problem that a, the client was dealing with and how they were feeling, move on to what they experienced while they worked with you. So many times I see case studies where it's, we did X, Y, and Z, and then they got this sort of result. And it's basically just like a bunch of facts, and there's no real narrative to it, and it's easily forgettable. By the time I click onto the next uh, case study, I've forgotten it. But if you talk about, here's what they, the client came to us with, and here's what they were struggling with, here's how they were feeling, and here's what they were, like, what was going to happen if they didn't solve this problem. That makes it all about them and not about you. It makes them the hero of the story, and you are now the guide. And so when you do that, when you reframe the the pick the story to be from their perspective, and you explain what they experienced working with you, that's way more appealing to potential clients because they can see themselves in that the shoes of your previous clients. Once they've empathized with their situation and see themselves going through that experience the way your previous clients did, that makes it way more likely that they're going to work with you because they'll know what to expect. A lot of times when uh, companies are trying to market themselves. They don't really think about the client experience they provide, and because they think, "Oh, everyone knows the process for doing what we do," and the reality is, your clients really don't. And so, if you show them what they can expect when working with you and how they're going to feel, increase the perceived value of what you're offering. That helps you attract uh, more of your best clients because people experience what they expect and they expect what they perceive. There's actually a great study that prove this where it was at a restaurant and over the course of the day the food didn't change but they'd swap out the weight of the silverware at different tables and when people had heavier silverware they thought the food tasted better what a, what a great example that's terrific so talk to the people out there now who think that their business is analytical in nature right so you mentioned an immigration attorney <laughs> I, I think attorneys are a great example but an immigration attorney you know people think of you know, when I think of immigration, I think Statue of Liberty and I think of like a boat sailing into the New York Harbor and stopping at Ellis Island and people getting off and starting a brand new life with like $10 in their pocket. 
So I already have an emotional, you know, there's already emotional connection there. There's already imagery. Give me, give me a, give me a more analytical uh, industry and give me an example of how stories can help like with, uh, with a, with a science-based business, let's say, is there, is there a, you know, is there a story example that you can think of with something that is just hardcore facts, but a story can really help bring people in? Cause what I'm thinking right now is yeah. there's somebody out there who's an engineer and you know, he or she is listening and they're going, you know, stories are great. I can buy a car based on a story. I could, I could even see hiring an immigration law- lawyer based on a story, but I manufacture widgets. Right. So what do we tell those people, Carl? Yeah. So the, the, the best way to, uh, find the story around a very technical or very kind of fact, like numbers based, uh, like kind of traditionally left brain sort of industry is the part that are is about focusing on the results of what you do. Cause really, uh, people aren't buying the widget because it's the widget. They're buying the widget because what it, the widget allows them to do, and then they're actually paying for the results of that thing it allows them to do. So, for example, uh, an apple is one I use a lot. A piece of fruit, not the company. Um, for an apple, you don't eat an apple because it's an apple. You eat it because you like the taste and it has nutrients. That's the first result. And then you enjoy the experience of eating an apple, and the nutrients help keep you healthy and happy of a longer life. That's why you really eat an apple. So, say you're an accountant and you do bookkeeping for startups, you don't want to say in your marketing, I'm a book accountant, I do bookkeeping for startups. That's everyone, plenty of people do that. But if you say, hey, I make sure my client's books look amazing so when investors check them out, they want to write them a fat check. That gets startups want to hire you for their accounting. If it's like a widget uh, manufacturer and some sort of like tech engineering company, it's you put these, you make these crucial pieces that allow the semiconductor to uh like take only half as much energy to cool and that reduces the cost of like operation for the company your clients and that saves them a ton of money on overhead you're basically not selling the widget you're selling a savings of money on like the impact the widget has so it's really about moving past what you're doing and talking about the results of the results of what you do and that's where the real value of your uh, product or service lies no, that's great. And it's the old it's the old marketing axiom, right? You don't sell the drill, you sell the holes. So the story and actually, it's not just the hole, is you're what selling the, you're selling the ability to put the thing in the hole that wouldn't <laughs> exist before. So it's one extra take it one extra step is like being able to hang the picture of the uh, the grandparents who recently passed away on the wall so you can remember them. That's the story they sell for the drill to drill the hole to playing hang the picture that's like that's where you find the emotion is the impact it has on people's lives. Because if you go that far, I you're going to find an emotional story around the impact you're having. But if you stick with just what you're doing, yeah, it's not that exciting or it's commoditized or everyone else does it and it's just, who cares? No, I love it. I love it. And talk about now stories as a differentiating factor because there's only there's only one story of Carl being diagnosed with the tumors and that leading to what we see today, right? The Dave Lorenzo story of Dave Lorenzo being a, you know, a hard charging uh, consultant flying all <laughs> over the place. And then one day he walks out of his office and gets hit by a cab and is paralyzed from the armpits down and decides, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. I want a business that enables my lifestyle. I'm the only person yeah. with that story. 
right? So tell folks today, share with folks how stories can be a huge differentiating factor, regardless of what their business is. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Great, big problem a lot of companies have, have because as technology and like automation advance, things get more and more commoditized. So on the individual level, yes, your why story is the best way to differentiate you from all the other people that do the same thing you do. And I urge people to stop asking one, stop asking, so what do you do to people when you meet them? And then also, if you people do ask you that question, answer with why you do what you do rather than what, because they don't care about what, and they're going to basically add a bunch of baggage of preconceived notions about people doing the same thing you do to the what part. So talk about why you do what you do as an individual. For businesses, the best way to differentiate you, your business is your mission, vision, and value statements, which are basically the whys for your company. And so often people's mission statements are basically a description of what the company does, or they're basically they wrote them in the business plan when they were forming the business, moved on and never looked at them again. And so the more people, the like executives can uh, get their mission, vision, values out of uh, the closet and dust them off and talk about what the company stands for, the impact the company is having on their communities, and it can be scaled up or down for the proper size of the, of the company. But talking more about that sort of stuff in their marketing, in their hiring processes, and the operations, when you think about what sort of products or services you're offering, if it doesn't align with that mission, vision, values of the company, you shouldn't do it because it's just going to muddle your messaging and make it harder for people to understand what your brand is about. Because brand is not like their logo on your website, brand is people's relationship with your company. And so the more you can have a cause or a bigger purpose beyond just making a profit behind uh, for your business and talk about that and live that purpose and make sure all your team members and employees and your vendors and the guys who like you know, the cleaning staff who comes into the office and like empties the trash because they all know this is what our company is about. And here's what we're the impact we're having with the the work we're doing. That differentiates you from all the other people that in your industry. Because if you've done it right, then it's a cause that is authentically something that your leadership team or your founders care about. Often it's the extension of the like the leadership team's why story. And that is what really humanizes the work you're doing and makes people able to able to empathize with it and relate to it and want to support it. And that leads to this this uh Kind of a community of loyal supporters that will advocate for your business and, and be repeat clients. And and it's not like a secret. This isn't something new. Like Apple, this is what Apple did that made them now like $2.8 trillion last I heard. And it was what made Nike uh, go from like a unheard of company, like the, the If You See Me Play campaign. Like the first ad they launched in that campaign didn't even say Nike on it. It had the swoosh, but there was no word. And didn't talk about a single product, but talked about the cause of supporting female athletes and they've had that same cause their entire life of the company and their even their ads today are all about that sort of stuff or like coca-cola coca-cola is the biggest software or soft drink brand in the world none of their ads talk about what they're selling you because what they're selling you is not that great for you but it's all about the experience and the the story and like how you interact with friends and have fun with their product and that it's they're selling the experience and the the story not the thing itself. So all these huge companies that are out there, they're super successful. They got that way by using the same sort of stories that every single startup or small business has access to. They just don't realize they have these tools already in their tool belt. They just need to use them. 
That's great. Really well said, Carl. Thanks. All right, now, Carl, I want you to think of three things you want folks to take away from our time together. What are the three big things people should remember? I'm going to give you a minute to think about that. I need to remind folks that earlier in the show today, really uh, a few minutes ago, you heard a uh, Sandrowski Business Minute. That's a business minute that was sponsored by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, and they're a CPA firm with a different perspective. So here's what I want you to do. If you are interested in saving money overall on the tax your company's paying, or if you are interested in developing a family office, or perhaps you're a private equity investor company, and you need help with your financial situation, or you need business valuations, I want you to give Sandrowski a call. Here's the number, 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, they are a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. If you want a guide to business development, you're a professional, you're an attorney, you're a CPA, you're in finance, you're a banker, you need help developing your business, or you want to make sure you stay on track with your business development efforts, use this plan that I've already put together for you. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You can download my template. It's the same template I use with my clients, and you can customize it for your professional practice. Here's how you get your free, 100% free business development plan. Go to revenueroadmapguide.com revenueroadmapguide.com enter your contact info and you can download the same plan i use with my clients go there right now download it today it's my gift to you for listening and for watching the show my guest today is carl ponto he's the master storyteller the name of his company is squash and stretch and you can check him out at squashandstretch.net his phone number is 925-386-2274 925-386-2274 okay carl so we've given folks a lot of information and you were really convincing in helping them embrace the power of storytelling. What are the three things you want people to take away from our time together today? All right, number one, biggest one is you need to start with empathy before telling any story. You have to know what your audience is all about and what they care about, what they're feeling at the time. They're gonna be interacting with your story because if you don't know that, it's gonna whiff. Number two is stop talking about what you do and instead talk about why you do it, how you do it, and the results of what you do. That's what your clients actually care about. And the third one is you wanna make sure that when you st start by telling a story, you wanna start with the result you wanna have the story to have in, in mind and work backwards from that before you figure out what the message is gonna be because you really wanna have that goal-focused uh, storytelling pr process will help make sure your messaging lands the way you want it to and gets the results you want. All right, Carl, all of that advice was spot on. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with our audience today. Folks, I want you to go out and check out Carl's website. It's squashandstretch.net. Squash and Stretch, all together, squashandstretch.net. You can give Carl a call at 925-386-2274. Carl, thank you for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the Inside BS Show today. Thank you so much for having me. All righty, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo. I'm here every day with a great new business interview for you. Until tomorrow, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life. <laughs>